0: Um, As you know, today is uh, Veterans Day, and it's really hard to know how to celebrate Veterans Day in a church service, and so um, I was thinking this through, and I remembered that a couple of weeks ago, my uncle, Don, who is now 94 years old, which is, you know, hopeful for the rest of us in the family, um, came over to our house, and he brought a box with him, and he plopped this box in front of us full of pictures and different memorabilia. And he had never really talked about his time in the war until that day. And meanwhile, my brother went online and somehow found a video of Don's unit liberating Dachau. And so we sat with Don and we watched these videos of what he had seen and what. He had experienced as he went in and found this incredible carnage in this horrible situation and then he would show us pictures of all the guys that he served with and he'd say that one didn't make it and that one didn't make it and that one didn't come home and so it just gave me a new appreciation for the men and women that serve our country and so if you have served in our military will you just stand for a moment so we can applaud you and thank you for everything that you've done please stand where you are Thank you so much for that. So this is your Illuminate guidebook, and you've probably got one of these, or you brought one with you. This has all the information that you need about our goals and so forth, and about 100% engagement. Our goals are on this page right here. And we're praying for an audacious 6.3 million dollars. And you'll see the storyboards on the back as well. But today what I want you to do is We're going to end up on page 26. This is our final week in our series on Abraham, and this will help you in your quest to follow along here this morning. God, this is our time now to go to the Word. Your Word is beautiful. Your Word is perfect. So help us now just to pause our thinking, help us to to allow you to speak to us, help us to take the distractions away, and now it's all about you. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You know, as we pray through this whole Illuminate initiative, we pray both as a staff, we pray as board, we pray as congregants. Woody and I have been praying about our part in it. And it's kind of hard sometimes to differentiate between what it means to properly pray boldly for God to bless in a number that we need and to pray in a way that isn't presumptuous on God. And so, how do you exactly go about praying? How do you give and know that God is going to supply the needs that you have? Well, this morning what we're going to do is we're going to learn from Abraham's experience in an amazing prayer that he prayed to God that it's good to pray boldly that God isn't going to turn us away, that God isn't going to shun us because we're too full of ourselves. Because what Abraham did is not only did he pray boldly, but he prayed with incredible humility. And so we can pray with courage, we can pray with all of our heart and plead with God, and we can do it with humility knowing that God is on the throne. And we're also going to see from the Apostle Paul that whatever God decides to do within us as we pray will be multiplied, that he'll do more than we ever could ask or imagine. And that's the hope we have as believers. When we come before God, he'll go way beyond what we can envision because he's got the entire picture right in front of him. And so today we're going to see that it's good to pray bold prayers, and we can do that in order to make Jesus known. And so please, if you would, turn with me to the text. It's found in Genesis 18, beginning in verse 16. Genesis 18, beginning in verse 16. It's page number 13. If you want to grab that Bible in the seat back in front of you, you can download the Ridgewood app too if you would like and just follow along. Genesis 18, beginning in verse 16. So this is a really famous text, and it's about Abraham's plea for the salvation of Sodom. It's bold, it's specific, but it's also humble, and it's beautiful. And in verses 16 through 21, we see this amazing prayer in that God is cluing Abraham into his plans because Abraham is the one that God has promised to work through in order to build the future, the future of Israel, that he would populate the earth through Abraham, And so that's why Abraham is a part of this discussion, because he would be the one that would bless the nations. So look at verse 16. Then the men set out from there, and they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham went out with them to set them on their way. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become great, and many nations and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I have chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not, I will know. So this is about Sodom and Gomorrah and their incredible sin, and God is getting ready to judge them, and Abraham is now a part of the conversation. And you look at the beginning of this, there are men that are mentioned, and there's a lot of discussion about who these men are. Are they angels, or is it even Christ himself? And I think a theophany or a human-like visit from God is very possible here because God is the one who does the speaking. So God is taking Abraham into his confidence because he knows that he's told Abraham, I'm going to develop a new nation from you, but I'm going to remove Sodom before I can bless it because of Sodom's sin. Now verse 20 alludes to the fact that the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah was well known by God already. And that phrasing That he's going down to see if they had done all together according to the outcry. That's not because God didn't know. That's what God is saying. He's pronouncing the evidence that he already has against Sodom and Gomorrah. The judgment would happen. And there's no question that Sodom deserved to be judged. And you know the story. It was judged. And if you've ever been in the area, you can see all of the salt around the Dead Sea. And Sodom was probably in the southern edge of the Dead Sea and you can see how salt was a part of that story and how God could have done that. But here all of a sudden is Abraham. And Abraham is standing in the gap. He, he's pleading with God, don't do this. But in the middle of that prayer, he's exercising amazing humility. So let's pick up the story now in verse 22. So the men turned from there and went towards Sodom, but Abraham still stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it for you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? That's pretty bold. And the Lord said, if I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And in 27, Abraham answered and said, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Again, he spoke to him and said, suppose 40 are found there. He answered, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. And he answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. He said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. And he answered, For the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. I will speak again, but this once. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. That's an amazing conversation. That's an amazing prayer. And for the relevance to, uh, for our purposes today, it's very simple. It is good to pray humble but very bold prayers. Because if we have faith that God is going to answer our prayers, then we can give more of ourselves to God. Here, Abraham was not afraid to step out on a limb. And even though his nephew lived in Sodom and he loved Lot, he was praying way beyond just his family. He's praying for the population of Sodom. In verse 23, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Abraham was contending with God that if you are just, you cannot do this. But God already knew more than Abraham. God knew that there weren't 10 righteous in Sodom. And so you will see, as the story goes on later, if you read through this, that Lot's family was giving a chance, given a chance to run. But the, the, the judgment was set. And the Lord knew this. But Abraham is p- praying with great humility. Look at 27. Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Every time that he addressed God, it was done with incredible respect. There was a humility about how he was approaching God. But it was a very bold and specific prayer. And God wasn't offended. God didn't say, oh, that's none of your business. Get away from me. No, God welcomed his servant in and had this dialogue. So if we are willing to come before God with humility, and if we're willing to come with a specific purpose that we believe God has for us, God will listen to us, and God will help us understand his will. And God will help us in this instance, here today, to help us with our building because it's a tool to do the mission. And this whole Illuminate thing is not really about a building. It's about giving to a mission. It's about giving to an opportunity to save people and get them with Christ. And we're talking about freshening up the outside Parking lots that are redesigned and safe so that people can come and enjoy. We're talking about refreshed children's areas. We're talking about larger lobbies and elevators and places where we can entertain people and places that the community can interact with us. But more importantly, this is the foundational piece for going out and making Jesus known. Not just in this little area here, but through global missions. Through sending out that's what this is all about. The building is simply a tool to do the mission. And so that's how we approach these prayers for Illuminate, like Abraham, humble and boldly. Tom Foti was good enough to make up a slide for me to help understand this and he, he, he's an artist so I don't know, he probably did this in about three minutes or something. Um, But he just wanted to just paint a picture of all the community organizations that currently use Ridgewood Church. And you look at things here like support groups, Minnetonka High School, the West Education Center, homeschool groups, the Snowflake Ball, Mops, Women's Bible Study, Boy Scouts, BSF, Weddings, Voting. We just had the election here. And what does this mean? It means that Because we have this foundation, that means we go. That means that we make Jesus known. But this isn't the mission. This is a tool to make the mission go. Because God has already been good enough to bring these groups around that want to be a part of us. And I'm excited about that. So we boldly believe that God is calling us to do that. And we need to approach God with that kind of of bold humility as we approach our commitments this morning. So here's the other thing I want to leave you with. And that's that's what we're counting on in the Illuminated Initiative. God will do more than we can ask or imagine. And now I want to just shift over to the Apostle Paul for a minute because this is the passage I want to leave you with. It's Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And this is very familiar to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever Amen. That's an incredible promise that we have in Christ. And so when we're committing, we're simply stepping into that promise. And all he asks is that we trust him. All we ask is that we approach him in humility and trust and then begin to plead with him. And then the question becomes, when we come before God, are we willing to submit ourselves to him? Because so many times we want what we want, but we forget that the basis of discipleship is submission. And that Jesus is calling us to give us everything, to give Him everything. So, will we honor Him with all we have? There's no doubt, according to that text, that His power is at work within us. But it's our commitment that helps us to understand and follow His will. And then we offer more and more of ourselves to Him. To use the language of the text, immeasurably more generosity, immeasurably more commitment. At which time then God can give us immeasurably more of Himself, immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so it's good and proper and wonderful to pray bold prayers, to plead with God, because that's how we get to know God. If your children want something, Don't you want them just to come and ask? Because there's a relationship that's built there. Now, today, here at Ridgewood Church, there are people of every age, every stage of life, different points of their faith, different financial struggles. We all come from all kinds of different points of readiness regarding our commitments for Illuminate. But we're all a part of the family of God. And so we all have that in common and we all have this desire that Ridgewood can be a tool to help God build his kingdom. And that's what this is all about. And so we're all about to take a big step with God this morning. So I want to encourage you wherever you are on your faith journey or whatever stage of life you're in to just simply ask this question, am I open to what God may say to me today? Am I open to what God may say to me today? Don't miss out on this, because God desires to do something big, more than we can ask or imagine. And Paul said that we are strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. Faith is such an important part of this. And maybe you need to be strengthened today in your faith. I know that Wendy and I many times need to be strengthened in our faith. Sometimes our lives are are chaotic. We've got stuff going on with our kids. We've got things going on at home that are sometimes beyond our ability to know how to even manage it. And so sometimes it's easy to lose faith or to doubt that God is good and that he's with us. And when it comes to finances, the moment we wrote that number down at Advanced Commitment Night, Satan started to convince us, or try to convince us, that you can't do that. That's crazy. What were you thinking? But then I just remember that God can do miracles, and we're praying for Ridgewood Miracles. And so what do you need this morning regarding faith? There are many financial burdens around here. There's college tuitions for some of you. There's possibly a mound of debt that you just kind of pretend isn't there. Maybe it's some medical expenses for you or for your children or or a spouse. Or maybe it goes even deeper than that. Maybe it's just simple fear that God won't provide or uncertainty whether this is really where you want to put your money or just the feeling that you've been generous before and you're a generous person. You don't need to be generous again. And for some, frankly, there's lingering bitterness and anger over some of the things that have happened in the church. And maybe God's calling you back in the game, and it's time to put that aside. I do know that Jesus wants to strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being, and so that He can dwell in your hearts through faith. So, are you lacking faith today? Are you lacking a belief that God is good enough, that He is faithful enough, that He loves you enough to walk with you wherever He's calling you to go this morning? I just want to pause and pray a prayer over all of us about faith because I feel like this is such an important part of what we're doing and faith is tested every day. So let's just pray. Lord, we're all in need of your touch. We're all in need of your prompting. We're all in need of your reminder that you will be alongside of us. And so we pray this morning that our prayers and commitments would be humble but bold, that barriers of fear will not overcome us, that you would do more than we could ask or imagine so that our light will shine in our community, God. And now as we get to the mechanics of what we're about to do, I just pray that you would speak to us and whisper to us through the Holy Spirit. Help us to know what to do. In Christ's name, amen. Today isn't about abilities or talent or our own wherewithal. If that was really the story, we'd all be in a lot of trouble. It's about the power that's at work within us. And I want to just give you a quick picture of what could happen here because of your gifts today or your pledges. You can can think of a young mom who doesn't know God and she drives by and she sees enhanced signage and she sees an a, a, a aesthetically pleasing parking lot and outside and she decides to venture in. And she finds that there's a better way to live. She finds friends. She finds Jesus. Or there's a troubled teen that will be invited by someone to Ridgewood and that teen will come here and will have the facilities to try to really jumpstart what we're doing with students and that teen will become a leader in the youth group and maybe even one of our residents or interns and we can prepare that person for pastoral ministry or the mission field. Maybe it's an elderly couple who is battling illness and end-of-life care and they're struggling to understand the meaning of life because it's gone by so quickly. And they are prodded to come to church because they see a, a safe, clean parking lot. They come inside and they see an open and warm environment and they meet Christ. And they're ushered into the the gates of heaven. Or maybe it's a young family that's never met the Lord and they drop off their children here. And their children, for the first time, hear about Christ. They become believers and that gospel spreads into their family. And those kids become leaders in our church grow our youth group, and they become future leaders all because they found a home here. That's what can happen through our gifts. I believe that. This is just a tool for the mission. Absolutely everyone who commits today will experience a work of God because that's a promise we just read, immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. He doesn't promise what it will look like, but he promises there will be blessing. So are you ready for that today? Are you ready to declare that you're going on the pathway to illuminate the world for Jesus Christ? And do you believe, deep in your heart, that the world needs Jesus? And you're going to make that your number one priority for living. A couple of weeks ago, our leaders and volunteers got together for Advanced Commitment Night, and we looked at 1 Chronicles 29, and we saw how David was gathering money and materials for Solomon's temple And what he did is he gathered them and then he went first. Then he called his priests and kings and they came and they give and then the people give. And that's what we did on Advanced Commitment Night. And so we wanted to set the tone. And now I'm praying that 100% of us this morning will be a part of this initiative. And I want you to commit to this. And these words are specifically chosen. To radical, sacrificial generosity. Remember the video, if you were here last week, Lisa Engstrom saying, you know, until it really hurts, it's not sacrifice. And so what we're praying for is radical, sacrificial generosity. At Advanced Commitment Night, we had a chance just to talk with some people who were there that were excited, so I wanted just to show you this quick video. I'm really excited about the future. I think God's gonna do great things here at Ridgewood Church. Here in the western suburbs, I think we're really gonna be a beacon of light for God's glory and purpose. That's what excites me. Yeah, what excites me is what Daryl said. I, this church has the heart. Um, it's a heart that's gonna go out to the community, and we, we, this excites me that we're gonna be doing for yeah. the community and farther on. I'm excited about the disability ministry to see that grow, especially when we get a new elevator that hopefully more people with disabilities will come. And for me, uh, just the fact that uh, we'll see more people come to know the love of the Lord Jesus. I, 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 I've had dreams about that. I've, I've actually had a vision of, of this church with standing room only. Standing room only. Um, what excites me about Ridgewood is um, I think the outer appearance of the church, and I feel like it's a little easier to reel people in uh, to Christianity um, and to faith, um, because it's a modern, more community now, so I feel like it's very important to do this. I love Ridgewood Church. I have been here for a long time, and to me, I've seen it blossom, I've grown. And I'm so excited for other people outside of our community walls, but to come in and to know Jesus better. And we're doing it. God's doing it. It's going to be wonderful because we're following God. I am most excited to see this place just overflow with families and kids. All generations. It just gets me so excited. I love the thought of that and being a light in this community. Well, I just look forward to the church becoming more and more of an influence on our community and God working through each one of us. What excites me is getting more kids our age to come to Ridgewood and to expand our youth group. For me, it's the unity that I haven't seen in years and years and years. People are coming together, sharing their hearts and sharing their dreams. About what our church is going to become. I look around at our neighborhoods and I see that there are so many people that need to know Jesus. And when I think of putting on a new addition, I think of the families that are so needful of a church home. I think of children that are growing up without a, a church home, without knowledge of Jesus. Um, I'm excited for the new youth group because we get more space to hang out and worship God. The nursery! <laughs> the new kids area that new kids are going to come to church. Me and Grace are excited for the nursery because we love serving the church. And a par- as a parent, I'm super excited for opportunities for them to have new spaces and for us to be able to invite friends and people from the community. I I love seeing the growth. I mean, just even tonight on the Advanced Commitment Night, it was so fun to see so many faces that I don't know, and so many young people and kids. And it's just really, you just feel it in the air. And I, I'm so excited because I know God has great things for Ridgewood Church. Yeah, the Illuminate commitment has actually uh, been really profound for us, I would say, as a couple. It's really been an opportunity for us to ask, are we all in? Right? And, you know, if not, why not? An opportunity to be generous, an opportunity to invest in something bigger than ourselves and to join others in doing that, knowing that it's only going to be that much bigger Um, and trusting God in doing that. I think it means getting the next generation to come to Richard Church and to come to Christ. To me it means uh, serving God and the church and blessing this area. Well it's very interesting that we would be here tonight pledging dollars when I just resign my position and it's to me it means a lot because God has this and he's going to provide in a way that I could never imagine in many ways. The Illuminate commitment is a big one for me as I'm alone now making this decision with Jerry in heaven and so it's taken me a lot of thought about what God would like me to do and what security I might have but I want to follow God and I trust the board and Pastor Paul and the Holy Spirit is leading us so I'm in. The project is just a reflection I think of our vision that we must reach out to all the lost around us and it's just uh, I'm so excited to be part of this illuminate build because it's also building our lives and as we walk by faith God is going to use us even more so. Take out your commitment card just for a moment and let me just explain what you're going to be doing this morning. It's this page right here that's important. Our goals and so forth are over here, but it's this page that's important. And the most important part of this card is this kind of deep green box. And to put it simply, what you'll be writing here is your tithe that you give already and then whatever extra you want to give over the next two years because it's all going into one fund. And so this is tithe plus extra times two. That's what you write in here. So not separate from your tithe, it all goes together. And so the pledge encompasses what you already have decided to give and what God is prompting you to do next. And some of you have come and you know exactly what that number is, and so we're going to spend a moment in prayer, and I want you just to commit that to the Lord. Some of you have come and you're just not sure what you want to be to do. Maybe you're just fearful. You're not sure if this is really God's thing. Well, take time to pray. Take time to pray with your spouse or your friend. Others have come. You don't have any intention of giving because you just don't have any money. You don't like what's happening in the world. Well, I would, I would challenge you that God is faithful and that God can provide. And so I would like you to pray about that too. And as your pastor, I don't want you to miss out on this journey it's gonna be an amazing ride. I'm 100% convinced of that, and God is so good. So you please take the next couple of minutes to think, to pray, and to write. And then you'll write your number in your card. You'll fill out your name, your information. The only person that will see that is our financial secretary. No one else will see it. And then in a moment, we'll have you come and drop them in the boxes. So take this moment to think, to pray, to write, and then I'll come back and give you more instructions.